Welcome to She Hustles Podcast, and I'm your host, Josira Santiago Hines. I'm a registered nurse turned into an entrepreneur, and I'm here to motivate you to finding true happiness and living your best life. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to share with you a few things that I have coming up. She Hustles Planner is finally available on Amazon. This is an all-in-one planner that includes a vision board section, positive habit trackers, meal planning section, journaling, affirmations, and so much more. Lastly, June 6th of this year, my first women's conference is happening. If you are ready to level the fuck up and live your best life, go to lovefitbyjasira.com to join me. I am so excited because I have a guest speaker today, Megan, who is a fertility awareness educator certified through FEM. She will be sharing all about the fertility awareness method, teaching us women how to track our fertility and know our bodies a little bit more. Megan, I am so excited to have you on She Hustles podcast today. I had actually, I've been in the process of getting off my birth control and trying to figure out this whole fertility thing on my own. And with that, I was looking at hashtags and I found you and fell in love with your Instagram. And I'm so honored to have you on She Hustles podcast. So if you want to tell, tell She Hustles podcast listeners, um, what do you do? And um, just literally tell us about you. <laughs> yeah. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me. When you reached out, I was really excited because I absolutely love just talking about fertility awareness and getting the message out there and letting more people know about it that A, it exists, <laughs> and B, it's a viable option for natural birth control, um, as well as really detailed um, uh, attention to our health. So, in terms of what I do, I'm a fertility awareness educator. This is my career. It's something that I'm absolutely so passionate about. And literally what I do is I hold online courses where I work with people and women from just literally all over the globe. I've been very blessed and thankful to work with people from all different countries. Um, really exciting. And when I work with them, I'm really guiding them through the process of learning this practice. And I call it a practice because that's really what it is. Um, it's often not something that we can flip a switch and learn overnight. It's really something that we need to learn through experience. And we know from the research that working with a certified educator is just the best way to learn the method um, so that people can feel confident and independent in practicing it. And especially when we're using it for natural birth control, which is kind of where I specialize in and focus on in my practice, working with people, um, it's so important to do that accurately so that people can be effective um, in their practice. So that's what I do. I work with online courses um, and it's just really exciting to be able to get in touch with these women who chart um, and just to be able to share in that journey with them and support them along the way. So awesome. I love the work that you're doing, especially just having us women be aware that we can prevent pregnancy with our own cycles. Um, just, you know, obviously learning um, the methods. Um, so I'm like really excited. So we're going to go right into the first question. What exactly sure. is fertility awareness method? 
Yeah. So this is a really great question. Um, sometimes it can kind of be shrouded in, in mystery. <laughs> First off, I want to dispel the myth um, by letting people know that it's not the rhythm method. Um, fertility awareness is a knowledge-based method um, where we're essentially observing and charting literally in an app or on paper on a chart. Um, our body's natural signs of fertility and infertility throughout our natural cycles. So where this differs from the rhythm method um, is the rhythm method is more based on general predictions. And the thing about that is it can't take into account real life <laughs> and real people's actual stressors that we go through. Um, because sometimes we know that stress can cause things like delayed ovulation, delayed menstruation, and when we're only basing things on general predictions, there's a lot of room for error. So often people know that um, there's that joke, like, what do you call people who practice the rhythm method? Parents. Um, <laughs> and so with the, thing, the, the area where it really differs um, from fertility awareness is that with fertility awareness, we're making observations on a day-to-day -day basis. Like today, I literally woke up, I took my temperature. When I went to the bathroom, I checked to see if I have any cervical mucus. And this is how I know today in real time whether I'm fertile or not, as opposed to relying on an app or looking at a calendar um, and looking at those more general predictions. I know on a scientific basis whether I'm fertile or not today, as opposed to those generalizations. So ultimately, um, it's, a, it's a system where we're, we're learning how to observe and chart our natural um, biomarkers of fertility and infertility throughout the cycle. So it's different from other methods of hormonal birth control or methods that require certain products or barrier methods or synthetic hormones or even like medical procedures like surgeries or anything. Um, there's, there's no side effects. It's simply all about knowledge and observing the body um, and being able to pinpoint what's going on there. I love this natural way because I have been on birth control for so many years and was mm -hmm. like adopting all these symptoms. And I was like, what is going on with me? And then I lost my period and I lost everything that I would feel that I am a woman, right? So it's like mm -hmm. the fact that this is out there and sadly, a lot of people don't, don't know about it. And also if they do know about it a little bit, they're like, oh no, I can't do that because I'm just going to get pregnant. I'm going to get mm -hmm. pregnant and then I can't, I can't. And people just don't realize when I started to learn about it, how the percentage of success rate when doing it right is like very like similar, right? To, to mm -hmm. birth control, like- Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We know that with, um, with, when people learn with an educator, um, we know that it can be up to 99.4% effective, which is comparable to any other method of hormonal birth control or even IUDs. It's highly effective. Um, unfortunately, we don't have data or stats based on self-teaching the method. So when people learn the method or they try to learn by reading a book or something like that, um, unfortunately, it can be kind of easy to miss out on certain pieces of information. You kind of don't know what you don't know. Um, and so we don't have the stats there for self-teaching, um, but we do know that with uh, working with an educator and taking the steps to learn um, you know, and get that support, it's absolutely highly effective. And I think it's um, important to note that when we practice this method, 
it kind of comes with a paradigm shift or like a mindset shift where we go from trusting these external sources like hormonal birth control or an IUD um, or, you know, certain barrier methods and things like that to trusting ourselves and actually trusting our bodies. And I know for people, it can be really difficult to make that transition. Um, we are often brought up and taught to fear our bodies as women and to fear our fertility. And like, we need to watch out because you can get pregnant at any time, anywhere. And it's constantly ingrained in us. I know for myself, I dealt with a lot of fear around that. And then once I found fertility awareness, I was like, okay, wait, I'm actually only fertile for a few days per cycle and I actually can't get pregnant anytime, anywhere. And it was just like, oh my God, like shedding this huge weight. I was like, okay, like <laughs> this makes a lot more sense now that I actually understand like the scientific aspect of the cycle. Um, it makes so much more sense. And I think that part of the reason why people may not hear about it or they may not know about it, that it's a valid, effective option is partly because like when our doctors or or parents or or health educators are explaining these different methods to us often number one they themselves are actually not educated in this because um it's it's not a, a quick fix um it is something that requires more education and often um our you know these health educators and doctors and our parents and stuff like that they themselves just don't have the tools to teach this method to their children or people around them in an effective way. Um, even when we go see our doctor, um, they themselves are often not educated um, to even know about fertility awareness, let alone in any specific certain method and know the rules of that method um, and to be able to give you feedback about that. And so um, I just think it's important for people to note that like, if they're you know, talking about practicing fertility awareness um, with, with a health coach or, or a parent or a friend or a doctor, if that person themselves isn't educated in the method, if they don't have any context for it, um, often what happens is they assume it's the rhythm method and they get back to that fear and no, that's not gonna work, you can't trust that. And it's like, well, actually, the data shows that it's actually very effective. Um, and we know on a physiological basis, this is why it's effective because the physiology of the cycle. Um, and it actually makes a lot of sense when we, once we start to break it down and to educate ourselves. So unfortunately, we're still kind of dealing with that gap at education. That's often when it's coming down to. Um, and I, I think it's hard for people to kind of make that transition because of that. Um, so getting support along the way is so key. Yes, you are so right with lack of education. Because when I went to my GYN, I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. so this is, you know, I'm going to learn the fertility awareness method. And she looked at me like I had like freaking three heads. <laughs> like, um, are you sure? Are you sure? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so ladies, if you are, you know, wanting to learn this, obviously the podcast is for you to get to know what this method is, but you can always reach out to Megan to, you know, really learn this the right way so that you don't become a parent, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so my next question is, um, so someone is wanting to start um, tracking and learning their fertility, where should they start 
and what are the most important things to track? Like you talked a little bit about your temperature and your CM fluid. Yes, absolutely. So let's start first with this area of where people should get started. Um, I always recommend that people seek out and work with a certified fertility awareness educator. Now, I myself, I'm certified through FEM, and then I also teach basal temperature on top of that as well. Um, and so it's practicing what's called a symptothermal method. Um, but different educators are trained and taught and have different specialties. Um, so I just want people to know that there's a range out there and one method might work really well for one person. It might really align with their life, um, whereas another method might be a better fit and, you know, for another person. So I just think it's important to say out the gate, you know, working with an educator is the best place to start. It's the fastest and most effective way to learn all of this. Um, and then secondly, just know that it can be tailored to fit your life. Um, you don't need to be put into a box there. Now, in terms of other steps, even though, you know, we don't have stats about self-teaching, there is absolutely nothing wrong with reading books and seeking out other resources to help, you know, um, round out your, your education experience, your learning experience with this. Um, and so some books that are really excellent books are The Fifth Vital Sign by Lisa Hendrickson Jack. There's also an excellent book called Taking Charge of Your Fertility by Tony Weschler. Um, and then also for people who may feel an obstacle um, in terms of coming off of birth control, there's a really excellent book called Beyond the Pill by Dr. Jolene Brighton. Um, and then one more that I'll mention is The Period Repair Manual by Dr. Lara Bryden. So all those different books, they're really, really excellent in terms of getting other um, support and perspectives as you're learning the method. Now, in terms of which things we can track with FAM, this is where we get into like kind of the nitty gritty details of FAM and like what you're actually doing with the method. So first off, again, depends on the person. It depends what their needs are and what their goals are for using the method. Um, but when we get into tracking, one of the most important biomarkers that shows us about our hormones throughout the cycle is called our cervical mucus. This is otherwise known as um, discharge and cervical mucus is queen. So this element of cervical mucus, it is so intimately tied to our hormones. Cervical mucus tells us the story of what's going on with our estrogen levels throughout our cycle and essentially it tells us the key information of when we're fertile. Why is cervical mucus so important here? Well, you can't get pregnant if cervical mucus is not present. Cervical mucus is literally what the sperm needs to travel through in order to even reach an egg. So no cervical mucus, no chance of, of, of conception there. Um, of course, that's a like generalization. I don't want people to kind of take away that and just go off of assumptions there, but essentially that's what we're talking about. So Cervical mucus is so key there. Another um, biomarker that we're looking at is called our basal temperature. And that basically just means our core temperature, like once we um, wake up in the morning, the reason why we're taking it in the morning is because by that point in time, you know, our body has been quite still overnight, we're relaxed, um, and actually as you sleep, your temperature lowers. So typically people walking around throughout the day, their temp is roughly 98 point something. 
um, but as we sleep, we actually get lower. So you might wake up to a temp that's like 97.2 or 97.3, um, and this is our basal temperature. Now, something important to note about basal temps um, is that they go up after ovulation has happened, and they they show a sustained rise. So, like literally, when you look at a chart, you can see these little temp dots on the chart. And before ovulation, they should all generally be lower. And then after ovulation has taken place, you'll see that the temps for the rest of the cycle will generally all be higher. So this is called a biphasic pattern, two phases. Um, and it's just really cool to see when you're looking at a chart because like anyone could just look at a chart and be like, oh yeah, there's two completely different phases happening here. That's really cool. So it's actually kind of intuitive once we, are, once we know what to look for. Um, but the first thing is just learning those different clues. Other um, biomarkers that we can bring into the picture are LH testing. This stands for luteinizing hormone. It's literally a, a quick urine test that we can use, a little paper strip. Um, typically, it takes about five minutes to do, um, and this is something that we only really need to be doing for a few days out of the cycle um, as an additional uh, clue and biomarker to uh, cervical mucus and temps. And so things like LH testing and other hormone test strips, I just want to say they're not like necessary and critical for charting. Um, they are definitely optional, but they often help people out a lot, especially when, um, you know, they may be traveling or, or sick or something. They might have other things going on. It's just another added biomarker to give them more health info, more cycle data, um, and to help them see what's going on in their cycle. Um, other cool tools that I really love um, are progesterone testing. Um, like we said, our temperatures only go up after ovulation has taken place. They have that sustained uh, rise that continues. That's because of the hormone progesterone. Progesterone literally makes us run hotter. It helps to speed up our metabolism. And so when we have enough progesterone in our system, um, when it's reaching certain levels, we can actually use these uh, urinary test strips called PROVE uh, strips, and they essentially give us a positive or negative, and it's just another great tool to help us confirm when ovulation has happened. And then last but not least, the other biomarker that I'll mention is our cervix. Our cervix is um, essentially up at the top end of our vaginal canal, and it's actually the lower part of the uterus. The cervix is literally what makes our cervical mucus, and the cervix actually changes in its height and in how firm or how soft it is throughout the cycle, depending on whether we're fertile or not. And so it's another added biomarker that people can introduce into their charting. It's a great way to get to know that area of yourself um, really intimately and to kind of connect with yourself on that deeper level. And ultimately, that's kind of what charting is all about. It's about bringing in this element of what's called body literacy, this self-knowledge that we get by learning um, how to observe our, our cycle, our fertility, um, and how to work with our bodies in that way. So I think that covers it. <laughs> Got into detail there. Awesome. Yeah, there is a lot. As we can see, there's a lot of different ways to track. This might be getting people a little overwhelmed with all the stuff compared to just take a pill and go about your day. Mm -hmm. So are there any tools that you rec recommend for women to kind of like get started and tracking? 
A hundred percent. So the tool that I first recommend is literally toilet paper <laughs> because when you go to the bathroom, you're wiping anyway. And so people who are listening to this podcast, next time you go to the bathroom and you're wiping with your toilet paper, um, just take, take a second and see, is there anything on the toilet paper besides urine? Um, it might be spotting. It might be a bit of cervical mucus. And this can just be a first step to kind of get to know yourself and what you're seeing there. So truly something as simple as toilet paper is honestly the very first place to re get started. Um, other tools that are a bit more high tech than toilet paper, <laughs> there's a charting app called Kindara that I love and recommend. Um, I use it myself. It's a really uh, great tool where you can chart um, your different biomarkers on the go. I use it all the time, um, especially when traveling. Just a very, very easy way to store your cycle data and see it all laid out on a beautiful chart. Um, so the Kendara app, there's a free version uh, and you can definitely start there. Um, in terms of other tools, I know a lot of people get curious about like, okay, I'm going to take my temperature every morning. Do I need a special thermometer? And it's a really great question. And um, the simple answer is, yeah, we do need a thermometer that um, reads basal temps. So it does need to be specifically a basal thermometer. Um, the one I love and recommend, it's called the Thermometer Vinca 2. Um, it's available on Amazon uh, and it's just, um, it has a lot of great features to make the temping process optimized and easier. So you're getting really great cycle data. Now, I know a lot of people when they hear about temping first thing in the morning, um, there's tons of people out there who have like kind of wonky sleep schedules. Maybe they're postpartum, maybe they're a flight attendant and they're always in different time zones. Um, maybe they just have a, a job where they are working on the night shift or something. So there's a lot of different reasons why people might have kind of an irregular um, sleep pattern. And I don't want them to be discouraged from uh, coming into this practice because there's a really great tool um, called the temp drop thermometer. And you literally wear it on your arm with like a band and it is reading your temps from your underarm overnight while you're sleeping. Um, and it, it essentially is giving you temping data in that way. So you don't, you actually don't have to wake up at a certain time with temp drop. Um, temp drop can be a really helpful tool for some people. You absolutely don't need that to practice FAM effectively, but again, it's a really great option for people. Um, and then last but not least, like I mentioned, those LH tests, um, the proved progesterone tests, those are all excellent tools that we can bring in. Um, but I think the biggest tool is developing and kind of cultivating this connection with our bodies. And again, learning to trust ourselves and trust our bodies um, and bringing in this element of body literacy, being able to read our cycle. Um, so yeah, that kind of covers the, the tools where people can kind of get started. Awesome. I actually love that tool and I'm going to check it out because I'm like, I'm always waking up at a different time and I'm like, I'm not setting my alarm to mm -hmm. wake up for my temp. Not happening. Yeah. Um, so my next question, which I know a lot of women are probably thinking about this as they're listening to this, how are they going to know if they're fertile or not? Yeah. So um, with this question, I can't get into all the specific details, obviously, on a podcast just because um, we don't 
quite have that much time, but um, to put it simply, we're looking at identifying our, our fertility biomarkers. So they are closely tied to our hormones. They're showing up in response to our hormones throughout a cycle. Um, in a natural cycle, um, where a person is, is ovulating and menstruating like they're not on hormonal birth control, um, where that cycle is being suppressed, um, their hormones are going to shift and change naturally. And then our fertility biomarkers are going to respond to that. And so essentially, we're, we're checking our cervical mucus each day. Um, when we have cervical mucus present, um, that is a fertile day. Um, and then after we confirm ovulation in a cycle, by that time, the egg has literally already like died and disintegrated. And so literally after confirmed ovulation, um, pregnancy is essentially impossible because there's simply no more egg to even fertilize. Um, and so for the rest of the cycle, after confirmed ovulation, a person would be considered infertile. Um, and so we're looking at our cervical mucus on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, we're kind of cross-checking that with the rules of, of whichever method that we're learning. Um, and we're taking that into account to determine are we fertile or not today. Um, but a big takeaway that I want people to know here is, again, um, no, no app can like predict when we're fertile or infertile. Um, it's really uh, going to be more dependent on what we're seeing day to day. And I only say that because I know that there's a lot of apps out there that claim like, oh, we'll predict ovulation for you and um, we'll do X, Y, and Z for you. Um, but unfortunately, with a lot of those apps, they're, they're just not science or evidence-based. Um, so I just want people to know that uh, relying on a predictive app like that, probably not the most effective idea for seriously avoiding pregnancy. But again, depending on the person, depending on their goals, they may be fine with that level of risk. Um, but yeah, ultimately, we're looking at our day-to-day -day biomarkers and we're literally um, observing to see is cervical mucus present today or not. And that's kind of what we're looking for. Yeah. Awesome. Listen to your bodies, ladies. I know these are two questions that I got asked uh, frequently, which is basically kind of what you had said, but I'm going to ask it to make mm -hmm. everyone happy. Yeah. Um, so how can women prevent pregnancy with FAM? And uh, lastly is um, those who are having issues with conceiving, can FAM be a good method for them? A hundred percent. So yeah, I'll answer the first uh, part of the question first. So I think it's important to know that women are only actually fertile, like capable physically of becoming pregnant for about one week per cycle. And this is because we only ovulate one time per cycle, um, roughly 24 hours. Um, and we only typically produce fertile cervical mucus for usually about five days leading up to ovulation in a typical cycle. Um, so essentially the way that we're preventing pregnancy is we're, we're not having unprotected sex on days when we're fertile because unprotected sex plus being fertile is a potential pregnancy. Um, but we can have unprotected sex, all that we want, um, on days that are identified as infertile. And so like I mentioned before, after we confirm ovulation successfully and you know, in accordance with those rules that we're learning, um, the person is infertile for the rest of the cycle. And so um, they can have all the unprotected sex 
they want during that point in time. Um, but prior to ovulation, again, there's other rules in place to um, tell us, you know, what type of day would be infertile versus fertile, um, so we can identify those. So essentially, it's just as simple as like, you know, having unprotected sex only on our infertile days. Um, and then during the rest of the cycle, when we are fertile, there's a lot of different options there. People can um, either go for what I call non-PIV sex, meaning non-penis and vagina sex. Um, there's tons of different options there for people. Um, there's lots of ways to connect and be intimate that doesn't involve, you know, penis and vagina penetration. Um, and I think sometimes with sex, it's like that is put as like, the gold standard of sex and like it's put as like okay only that is sex when in fact there's so many other aspects of sex and intimacy and connection uh, that people can really explore um, especially during those fertile times um, but of course other people they may opt for using barrier methods um, condoms diaphragms um, also incorporating withdrawal maybe in conjunction with those things to make them even more effective um, so yeah, that's kind of how people can prevent pregnancy with the method. In terms of um, optimizing chances of conception, again, cervical mucus is queen. Uh, pregnancy can't happen if cervical mucus isn't present. And so I really encourage people who may be having issues with conception um, to check out a few different resources. Um, so number one, working with an educator. Um, is always a really good move just to ensure that, you know, we're, we're checking accurately, um, we're, we're understanding what we're charting. And then some other great resources, like I mentioned before, um, Taking Charge of Your Fertility is an excellent book to get started. Um, the Fifth Vital Sign is, is another excellent resource. But essentially, um, cervical mucus is going to be the, the thing to focus on. I think there's a lot of, like, gadgets out there that um, again, claim to identify the fertile window based on temperature. And in fact, temperature can only tell us after ovulation has already happened. And by that point in time, it's often too late to conceive. Um, and it, it isn't a predictor of ovulation. And so uh, cervical mucus kind of is, though. It's going to give us um, more information about when we can expect to ovulate. And we know that cervical mucus is needed literally for the sperm to travel through to get to the egg to fertilize it and conceive. And so that cervical mucus is so important. Um, and I really encourage people to um, seek out an educator or start up with a, a book um, or other resources that can uh, get them familiar with checking for cervical mucus and identifying that. Um, just to kind of give people an idea in case you're, you're hearing this word cervical mucus and you might not be quite clear on what it might look like, um, there's actually a website called cervicalmucus.org. It's a cervical mucus project and it's literally a library of pictures and videos of real people's actual cervical mucus. Um, so you can uh, kind of see what we're talking about. Um, the whole point of that website is really to break the taboo about cervical mucus and show people what it can actually look like in real life with real people. Um, so yeah, that's another great resource to check out um, if, in case people are having issues with, um, with identifying this. Um, and then one other thing that I'll mention 
in terms of conception and um, struggling with subfertility or infertility, there's a really great um, uh, resource called Organic Conceptions. And the focus of Organic Conceptions is um, looking at, at stress management, specifically in the context of subfertility and infertility, and helping people and couples to really manage that stress in a productive, effective, evidence-based way. Because, you know, stress levels can get really, really high when dealing with infertility for people. And um, there can be these intense feelings of, um, of loneliness and things like that. And I just want people to know, like, you're absolutely not alone in that. And there's absolutely support out there specifically for you. And it's just waiting. Um, so Organic Conceptions is another um, great resource to go check out. Awesome. Thank you so much for that information. I know I have so many friends who have been going through with fertility issues, hormonal mm -hmm. imbalance and all that stuff. And they definitely wanted to hear all this. Um, so again, I want to say thank you so much for being a part of my podcast. And if you could let everyone know where they can find you and any promotions that you have going on. Sure. Okay. Well, thank you so much. So people can find me on Instagram at fantastic fertility and that's fam like F A M fertility awareness method. Um, and they can also find me on YouTube at the same, um, the same name. And so, uh, people are welcome to connect with me, uh, especially through Instagram. I read all my messages. I love, you know, chatting with people in terms of offerings. I am always offering my second nature cycles online fam charting course. Um, it does have a focus specifically on natural birth control and health charting. Um, cause I feel like in terms of fertility awareness, um, some of that population can be underserved. And so I want people to know there's absolutely that resource out there for you. Um, but yeah, otherwise people are welcome to explore my page, get to know me. Um, and I'm always there waiting for when we're, you know, they're ready to take that next step and getting the support with learning it. Awesome. Thank you so much for your knowledge. And ladies, if you want to connect with Megan, all her information will be in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being a part of She Hustles. Megan is the true definition of She Hustles. She knows what she wants and she goes for it. If you'd like to connect with our guest speaker today, don't forget to check out the show notes. If you love this episode, let me know, girl. Slide into my Instagram DM. Tag me that you're listening to this episode and say, Josira, I love this. This was super helpful. It's literally the way that I know what content to create for you. So show me love and don't forget to tag me. I would love to connect and talk with you. Thank you so much for listening. If there are any special topics you'd like me to go over, please don't hesitate to email me at josirafitness at gmail.com and make sure to drop a review and subscribe. Have a blessed day.